Welcome back, Just Fantasy Baseball. We got a little special episode today. We're joined by Reese White, a new writer here at JustBaseball.com. He's covering everything from prospects to dynasty. Um, he's going to be doing a dynasty mailbag weekly. So anybody that's you know into fantasy but you're in a dynasty league, you need to know about the prospects. You need to know about these first player guys. Today we're going to be talking about first year player draft. So anybody that was drafted in last year's draft, um, we're going to be breaking down. Reese, how's it going, man? Happy to have you on the show. Um, what's up? Nothing much. I'm excited to be on here. And you guys told me about this. I was like, yeah, I'm definitely there. I'll just move some things around. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And I'm happy to do the Dynasty mailbag like once a week. Um, I'm very excited for that. Um, we'll see how that goes. Sweet, man. So Reese, I, I, I wanted to jump in as somebody who doesn't play this particular type of fantasy i usually do redraft leagues um i know that some people may just be starting to get into this and i just had a couple of questions for people who um have some limited resources i guess and i the first thing i wanted to touch on is kind of what's the best way to scout these players i know that listening to this podcast is going to help and searching the internet's going to help but with limited video how would you suggest somebody who only has a maybe an hour or two a week um, to to find out more about these players before they make their draft decisions? So I think obviously listening to this podcast is going to be great for them. Reading the article also probably help. I think if you're only got like an hour a week to really put down and hunker down for like prospects and whatnot, especially for this style, like I think just going through and like looking at spring training if you if a guy's participating in spring training that's obviously big i mean they just got drafted so them participating in spring training is like a big deal i also think just going through twitter going through reddit um those are two, two those are two really good sources for just keeping an eye on these type of guys because a bunch of the like especially the team reddits they do a really good job of letting you know what yeah. those guys are doing how they how how they're doing how they fit into the organization because that's also really important when you're doing first year player draft is how a guy fits into the organization. I mean, you don't want to be drafting an organizational filler type. You don't want to be drafting the backup catcher for the high A team. So yeah, I think yeah. that's step. Those are two great resources to use. Reese, you mentioned I, guys that are playing in spring training. You know, a year after getting drafted, who are I know Jackson Holiday is in spring training. I know I saw Gavin Cross Homer last week. Who else is 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 debuting in spring training right now? Ethan Salas, he caught like an inning, which is crazy. He's 16 years old and he's catching major league, major league caliber arms. And I think it was like an actual arm. I think Ryan Weathers, I believe, was the arm. So it's not just some guy who's throwing like 88 and whatnot. I also believe um, Drew, Drew Jones is hurt. But yeah, I know Jackson Holiday, he hit really well mm -hmm. in his little cameo. Gavin Cross should have been playing with the big, big league squad to begin with. Um. I think those are the three that I've seen so far. Stalas, I was shocked how good he looked behind the dish. Like he he had butter hands back there. Dude, I know he's like a baby Diego Cartea. Like I think he's he's gonna he's gonna be really good. Keep an eye on him. Um, one more thing before we jump into the rank the the rankings here. A lot of high school pitchers are wild cards, right? They get selected and they're one year, multiple years away, and two sometimes kind of change how they completely pitch. They may throw 100 miles per hour in high school, can't really do that in the pros because they can't locate it well enough. 
So when you're looking at a high school pitcher, do you go more off of the reports that you read, or is it more of which organization drafts them? Because if they get drafted to a particular organization that's shown success developing high school pitchers, is that more important than even what they did in high school? I would I would actually tend to agree. Pitchers that do really good with, uh, I mean, organizations do really good with pitchers. Like Philadelphia has like weirdly been really good. They have Painter, they have McAble, both back to back high school picks. Um, I also believe it's just like. It depends on what you're looking for. Like in the fantasy game, we're looking for strikeouts and good command, right? Those are the two things that we're we're, we're craving. Um, so you want to have feel for command early on in their pro career because command is the hardest thing to come for a pitcher. I also think you just need to look for like athleticism. Like if that's noted in the report, that's really important to know because if you're not really a good athlete, you're not going to be able to be able to fix what you're working on, like your release point and whatnot, as far as pitching goes. And pitching, you know, high school pitching is such so hard in these types of drafts because like Grayson Rodriguez is a high school pitcher, but he just dealt with an injury last year. There's just, they just have to navigate the minefield of pitching in the minor leagues to get to the major leagues. It's, it's just such a tough thing. Like what Hunter green, Mackenzie Gore. I mean, green looks great at times, but you know, the fastball is pretty bad shape wise. So he hasn't really fixed that. So that's a bad organizational part. And then, you know, Gore got hurt and he hasn't been the same since. Yeah. I think what's really telling is that, you know, the first high school pitcher you have on this list is at 20. It's Dylan Lesko who has nasty stuff and you you'd say you know they're started starting pitching to upside here but yeah the downside is equally as likely i think like the other thing there is that you know when you're drafting someone in a first year player draft you don't want them to take 5 years to breach the major leagues and it's it's probably another reason why Jackson Job was just as risky to take in a first year player draft right yeah and like like what the average league they say lasts like three to like four years. So like if you draft one of these high school pitchers, you might not the, the league might fold by the time you draft them. So you like by the time you know by the time everything gets all figured out and everything. So it's just like it's not worth the hassle. And like I think Dylan Lesko's a very good pitching prospect. But I think when I was going through and ranking these guys, and we'll go through. I guess we can go through the process maybe later. I really discounted high school pitching. Like if I liked them at a certain spot in a real life list, like I would have bumped them down maybe 10, 15 spots just because, you know, the, just the, the crap you have to deal with, with high school pitching is just awful. I hate, I hate having to do it. So I won't draft them. Like I won't get Dylan Lesko at 20 because just like other people like him way more than I do. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Okay. Let's start breaking into the, the list Reese. Let's start with just giving your, Ele- like 30 second to a minute elevator pitch on both Jackson holiday and drew Jones. Cause I think like those two really are the, the clear cut number one and two on this list. But for anybody that doesn't know who Jackson holiday and drew Jones are um, just kind of give your like 30 second to a minute elevator pitch one on like who they are, their background and why they're going to be studs at the next level. Okay. So both of them have big league bud lines, which is, you know, a lot of teams really value that Jackson holiday. I think is going to stay on the dirt at worst case. He moves to third base, but I think he's a really good defensive shortstop. Uh, Drew Jones has crazy tools, like it's power and speed. And I think if you're really chasing that, then you can really rank Drew Jones over um, Jackson holiday. But I just think Jackson holiday is going to be a great hitter. Baltimore does a great job with it, with the hitters that they've got. He's kind of reminds me of Gunner, a better version of Gunnar Henderson coming out. Um, so yeah, I really, I think that's like my elevator pitch on those guys. I think that's they're both going to be fantasy studs if they all stay healthy. I mean, Drew Jones just coming off a shoulder injury too. So I think that that's kind of worrisome at this point. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, so that's, that's perfect because, so I'm picking third in a first year player draft 
that's going on, I believe, today. So this episode could not come at a better time for me personally. Um, so I'm picking third, and and right now, um, well, Kodai Senga and Yoshida are not in this draft. We actually bid on them in an auction. Um, but you know, Yoshida or Senga might have been my pick there. I'm actually leaning towards Spencer Jones with the third pick. And just because I love the ceiling, just chasing a ceiling with a guy that has insane power upside. And just for your reference too, in this league, the scoring is is basically equal to WRC plus. So for me, I'm just chasing a pure masher and I'm thinking that Spencer Jones could be there, but I want you to either sell me on why that's smart or why I should take Tamar Johnson or Elijah green or somebody else. So I think it really depends on like the context of your team. Um, is your team competitive? Yeah, it is. Okay. Then I would definitely bump Spencer Jones up. I mean, this dude is a guy who could hit 30 plus home runs and in, in Yankee stadium. I mean, taking advantage of that short right porch. I mean, that dude's going to be a monster there. I just think, there is a little bit higher upside with Tamar Johnson and Elijah Green, but Elijah Green, who knows if he can hit like consistently. And Tamar Johnson is a second base prospect and is kind of not anything to like write home about defensively. I mean, you're getting there for the bat, and that's all you really care about. But I know that Spencer Jones is going to walk, and I know he's going to mash. So I don't blame you for going Spencer Jones at three. Yeah, clearly. Um, yeah, actually, give us a, a, a breakdown on Tamar Johnson because. I think he's a guy that that could potentially be a bigger asset in more of like a standard league, like points league, five by five roto league, where you're getting, you know, steals, runs, all that kind of stuff. Because I think what's the background of him? He's more of a well-rounded player and athlete, right? Yeah, well-rounded. I think he's going to like he could be like a 10 to 15 stolen base guy. He's not like the crazy explosive athlete that we're going to like Elijah Green is. But I also think he's a much better hitter. Like this is one of the best hit tools I think that we've seen from a high school in a long time. He just consistently makes contact, makes hard contact. He had a little bit of struggles like in his first little taste of uh, complex ball, but the complex level pitching is nothing to write home about. So like, you know, it's not really anything to draw too much of a, um, too, to like, not to be too much concerned about, but I just really think this guy is going to be, he's going to be, I think what we thought has, uh, has seen, Heston Hira, sorry, I think I got him and Heston Hira mixed, mixed up because they've all had the HK in their names. But yeah, I think he's going to be what we thought he was going to be. He just hits the ball hard and um, yeah, it's pitching with a little stolen bases, hitting the middle of the lineup. I think Tamar Johnson is going to be fantastic. Heston Hira, I could not, or Keston Hira, I always get that yeah. confused, but I could not have been more hyped about him coming out of college. Like he was such a pure hitter and I was so in on him. And I don't know what happened to him. Like he really had, he had one really good season too. He just flamed off. But Clay, you got anything? So I'm I'm looking down this list at Elijah Green, which is no, number six on your list here, and um, he's a guy who has just so much upside. And and you mentioned that, and to quote your article, you said, if you were to transport me to year 2040 and tell me that Elijah Green has posted a few 30 30 seasons, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I love that line and you, you see the hit tool from him, but I, I just wanted you to talk a little bit about him and how he could fit into the outfield in Washington. That's actually has some, some studs in, in that outfield. Now they're a year or two, three years away, but that could be an exciting team with a improving lineup. Oh, that, that outfield could be crazy. Him, James Wood, Robert Hassel, the third, that would be like, all, like the lineup you want, like a competitive team to have. Uh, I think he's going to be like the center fielder there. He's just such a crazy athlete. Like 
we don't get athletes like this very often, especially stateside that choose to play baseball. Most of the time it's like football guys who are like, I guess I'll go play baseball because she offered me like three, four million. He was like, no, I'm a baseball guy. He's he's crazy. Crazy. Um, all right, yeah. let's move down the list a little bit because we got after after um Elijah Green, you have Spencer Jones ranked at seven from Vanderbilt. I mean, he's six seven, he's built like Judge. We talked about him about how crazy that bat is. Um, but then you go chase the lauder. Who did did he just get hurt again? Yeah, he did. Oh, that's so sad. What was the injury? I think it's with the same foot that he I think he broke like his foot again. That's brutal. Is there any, so where would you drop him then in the rankings? Yeah. So when I, when I did these rankings, he was healthy and um, I would probably drop him. Okay. Let's see. I'd move Brooks Lee, Gavin Cross, Cam Call. Uh, I would move him probably about to 10 and I'd bump up Brooks Lee, Gavin Cross. Okay. Okay. And Cro- Brooks Lee the advertisement for him in college was that he couldn't strike out and he was just hitting everything. Like he's a guy in college, I believe that walked more than he struck out. Is that correct? Yeah, he was definitely, he was one of those guys who walked more than he struck out and he was hitting for power too. It was, he was, he was a really like interesting watch, especially because I think that there was like, he was started out as a one, one guy, but then it just seemed like people didn't like the upside there. But I'm like, this is a dude who's going to be like a no doubt guy on the infield who's going to hit and hit for some power and maybe steal a couple bases here and there. He's going to be like a roto stud. I remember when when the Marlins picked Jacob Berry over him, Aram flipped out because Brooksley, yeah, they need a shortstop. He's like the perfect high floor. Like he's going to make the major leagues. Like, you know, he's going to be a big league player in some way, but yeah, maybe the ceiling isn't, isn't as high, but um, all right, let's move on to Gavin cross because I saw him hit a home run last week and the swing looked really good. And it was, it was a, it was a shot. Dude, this dude's got crazy power. I think he's going to be more power over hit. I think he's going to be fine in the batting average department, like 250, 260 is what I put in the, in the article. But I think it's like a 25 to 30 home run bat. And like he he doesn't really have a lot that he needs to fix. So he'd be a quick mover. And Kansas City really hasn't done like a good job like lately. Like they locked out on Bobby Witt and MJ Melendez. But it seems like every other prospect that they have just seems to like fail out at what at like triple A and double A. So I think Cross is someone they don't really need to mess with. Just keep him as he is and he should be fine relatively soon. Yeah, and and he was impressive last year in 26 games in low A at seven home runs. And the home run that Colby is re- referring to in the spring. Um, I was watching that was against my red. So a little asterisk. It was against Hunter Strickland. So, I mean, come on, but the ball absolutely jumps off the bat. It, it's pretty effortless swing. And uh, he, he showed that in his brief stint in spring training off that home run as well. Yeah. That's going to be his calling card. I think he's going to just gonna, the ball's just going to jump off his bat, and he's going to make he's going to hit like a bunch of home runs in a really in a relatively hard place to hit home runs in Kansas City. All right, Cam Collier, we move to next at number eleven, Clay, and this is a guy that that is a, a, a Reds prospect. I'm actually going to ask Clay this one first. Are you excited uh, about Cam Collier? What's your your background, or, or how excited are you for him? Of course I'm excited about Cam Collier. What's not to be excited about? He's 17 years old and um, played Juco and was drafted. You know, he kind of fell in the draft a little bit. Um, I think it had more to do with if you were going to be able to sign him than anything. Um, At least that's what I've heard. 
Now, the thing with him is his swing is absolutely beautiful. Like, it, it's a great swing. 17 years old, already, you know, starting the process. I guess the question I have for Reese is just how soon can you expect to see him? Because he's one of those players that is already on an advanced track and has been from in, ter- in terms of his development. Is this a guy that's going to be in the majors at 20 years old? And I know that would affect how, how people see him in a draft. I think he's going to be on the same timeline as your normal high school, like advanced high school bat would be. So maybe 20, 21 years old. So, you know, he'd be relatively young when he does make the majors. He is someone who I don't know why he fell as much he did as he did in the draft, because he was someone who like uh, model teams really liked. Like there's a few people that I know that work in organizations. They really liked like the, the, what the data would tell them because he was just someone who would do a draw walk. He wouldn't swing at terrible pitches there is some concern about him though, that he doesn't swing at all. Like that he'll just become way too passive. Like uh, who was it? He was with the guardians for a little bit prospect. Uh, Nolan Jones, Nolan Jones had big time power, but also did not swing. He just would, he just watch every, every borderline pitch. It's like, you got to swing at some of those to, you know, tap into the power and actually make contacts. He was running high strikeout rates. So I worry about that with Cam Collier, the more I dug into him after, after the article was released. But yeah, I think Cam Collier, like at that, uh, like 11, I think he's a nice little gamble. And I think he's going to be, a relatively quality big league year for the Reds rather soon. And they need those. Nolan Jones actually might, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, my voice is falling apart here. Whoa. That was, that was wild. Um, Nolan Jones is actually an interesting guy, Clay, that we might be talking about at some point in, in during the season as a waiver wire guy, because I liked he's him in last Colorado year. and he had a 49% hard hit rate and a, 15% barrel rate last year. Like he hits the ball yeah. in the air and he hits the ball hard. That could be an interesting combo with, with uh, in Colorado. And there's reason for him to get even more at bats. Now with Rogers getting injured, you could see Ryan McMahon move over to second. Nolan Jones at third, he can play outfield DH. I think that they didn't just get him as like some guy to have and potentially could work out. I think that they got him to like legitimately start him. Dude, but why are we talking about Nolan Jones? <laughs> well, that's Reese's fault. He brought him up. I, I don't know. I need to talk <laughs> bad, about some big league guys at some point in this episode. You know, no, I'm just kidding. But um, all right. To round out you, so everybody needs to check out your article, Reese, on JustBaseball.com, um, because it gives. I mean, you literally wrote up what 75 guys here. Like it, it's insane the research you put in here. Um, and so now we're you, the way you did it though is you you did it by tiers. So the first um six guys are are in a tier S tier, which is like the top tier. Then below that you have an A tier, and right now we're we're getting to the last guy in the A tier. So give your little pitch on Zach Nito, and then I want you to pick two guys from tier B beyond that. Um that are your absolute favorites that like gun to your head fate of the universe. You need to, to know that those guys are going to produce for you and your fantasy team um, within tier B. And then we'll be out of here and bam. Sound good. Sounds good to me. All, All right, right. So Zach, Zach, Zach Nito, he is um, he's already been up to double a for the angels. He was just, he was our first round pick. He's someone who I don't think the upside is like immense. I don't think he's ever going to be a superstar or anything, but I think he's going to be a quality big leaguer. He's going to play second base shortstop, probably more second base because I think the actions are a little bit limited at shortstop. But I think right now in the fantasy landscape, second base is a better spot. Like 
fantasy wise, like for him to be, because the position just seems to be so much weaker than shortstop. Cause it seems like you can get like quality shortstops like later in drafts. And if he turns into a guy who could be a really decent second baseman, then that's, you know, great in the first year player drafts. But I think he's someone who will like hit towards like second or fifth in a lineup. I don't think he's ever going to be a middle of the order masher, but 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases, 260 batting average. I mean, with, you know, like I said, good runs and RBI totals, which are really hard to project because you never know. But I think he's if he hits in that Angels lineup, he could be rather solid. And I think he's going to be a relatively quick move. Like he's already been double A and he got dumped there right at the draft. So he's definitely someone who, I mean, there is a chance he's he's in the majors uh, late this season with the way the Angels are going. So, yeah, I, I like Zach Nito. I just don't think the upside is very high. I also think that, you know, in terms of drafting him, thinking where and when he could make the majors, like there's a relatively clear path for him to make the majors at a somewhat fast pace. Like Gio Urshela, like is not a long-term answer on that roster and neither is, I mean, Brandon Jury, I think would be more of a, you know, utility starting most days, but playing all over type of player. So um, there, it, it's not like there's a lot of people blocking him. No, and I think that's one of the nice things about um, Zach Nito is that if you're really going for that like certainty and you want to get a guy quickly, I I definitely understand you bumping him up like up towards you know top like eight in your draft. But I really think like he's going to be just a solid guy. I don't think he's going to be anything like spectacular or anything, but that's still fine. All right, Reese, we're finishing you off here. Select two prospects from your B tier list. Like so, this would probably be either in the second oh geez we're we're dying over here second or third uh round of this draft so you have drew gilbert kevin parada on this list dalton rushing who i've heard amazing things about jet williams who's a speedy little shortstop on the on the new york mets and then is this the first pitcher on the list at cooper jerpy yeah if you don't count kodai senga then yeah cooper 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 jerpy would be the first pitcher all right, so yeah, give me give me two picks from there that you're you're on your team, and it doesn't have to be based on your rankings because I know that you're ranking you know based on kind of consensus mixed with your own personal feelings. But like, give me your two that you're picking out of this group. I really like Jet Williams. I think I ranked him too low. I think this guy could be like a like what we thought C.J. Abrams might be. I think this guy is going to be really, really good. I don't think the power is going to be anything crazy. I've noted in the article 15 to 18 home runs. I think he'd be a 20 home run guy. He has good average. And this dude has wheels. He flies around the base pass. Like it's easy double plus speed. So I think he's definitely someone that I want. And I definitely, if I had to re-rank these guys, which I won't, uh, I would definitely re-rank him a little bit higher. Um, and I, let me see my second guy. It's tough. It's like choosing which one is your favorite kid. I don't have kids, but I guess that's what it's like. Um, Ooh, <laughs> this is tough. I'm not gonna lie. I've seen Dalton rushing in person. And I really like him, but, um, I'm going to go, Oh man, I, I'm struggling here. I'm going to go with, uh, Eric Brown jr. I think he's got some, I think he's got really good upside. I think I mentioned 2020, they fixed his swing too. I, th- I saw something in, whether I don't think it was in spring training games, but I know it was on like on the backfield. Like sometimes the the Brewers do a really good job with their player development uh, Twitter account, and they will retweet and highlight guys who have made swing changes and talk about you know and, and do the whole PR pump and everything, guys. But he's made a change to his swing. It's a little less unorthodox, but it's definitely it looks a little bit like smoother. I guess is the best way to put it. It's harder to describe a video on an audio podcast. No, no. But, so um, like I watched I watched this video too, and I sent it to Aram, and I was like. 
well, I remember how weird his swing was in college, but then now it almost looks like he doesn't even care about hitting the ball. Like he does, but he, he, yeah. he almost looks like emotionless at the plate now. Cause he just isn't weird anymore. Yeah. And the Brewers are an organization that have done a good job with unorthodox swing guys. Like when they had Trent Grisham in their organization, I believe it was like Trent Clark back then, but he changed his last name to Grisham. He he was someone who had a weird, like he almost gripped the bat like a golf club. And then they switched that from him. And then when he went to the Padres and that, I forgot what trade it was. They always trade with each other. He did uh, like he the interlock? Back. Yeah, he did like the interlock. Like when you're like, you know, when you're going to golf and go through the swing, you like you link your pinky and your index finger, or sometimes your thumb. He did the interlock, which was very weird and very unconventional. Um, and the Brewers changed that. And then he you know, took off, became a good prospect. And then he went back to the interlock back when he was a Padre. And now he's like, what? He's a good outfield too for you in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Eric Brown, he's got, you know, like I said, he toned down the craziness of the swing. His, his, ha- his hands started almost above his head in the swing path and everything, which is crazy. But he has enough bat speed to where it worked at that time. But now that they've changed it, I don't know how it's going to look. We're going to have to wait and see on him. But I really like the speed and the power upside here with him. He's going to play shortstop. He's going to be he's going to be really good. And hitting in Milwaukee is fantastic now. He's going to be with Willie Adamas, who seems like he's going to be in Milwaukee for a long time now. It's especially if they get him, um, what they call an extension done. I, my mind's all over the place with Milwaukee Brewers mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, but yeah, he's really good. I like him a lot. And, he, and when he gets there, that lineup's going to be sneaky good. I like Garrett Mitchell. I like Sal Frelick. Christian Yelich is, you know, always a nice bounce back, even though I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and yeah, I really like Eric Brown Jr. Yeah, Fangraphs has him as a. 60 hit tool um i mean yeah a very intriguing guy that like possibly could be a quick mover because there's not many people blocking um blocking over there and do you think he sticks at shortstop or does he move to outfield eventually if they keep Billy adamas i think adamas is a better shortstop so i think that you keep him there but i think he could handle shortstop on any other team and i think he if he has to move out to the outfield i think he can go play center field and whatnot he's not he's pretty athletic Perfect. Yeah. All right. That'll do it, man. That's uh, just fantasy baseball. That's the first year player draft edition. Little bonus episode. Reese, we put out four episodes this week, so it's been a busy week. Well, I guess this might come out on Monday, but it's been a busy week for just fantasy baseball listeners. They're getting a ton of content. So we appreciate you coming on, man. Clay, any any final questions? Any last remarks? No, all, all I will say is if we didn't cover somebody today, just go read that article. I mean, it's unbelievable how much work is put into that and how much information there is. And um, some of the deep, deep, deep dives, like Reese is kind of a psycho for doing that, but I love it. <laughs> Reese, you got any closing statements? Yeah, I, I, I know I was being a psycho. I just enjoy doing this kind of stuff. I like ranking guys. Like I've, I'm working on another set of rankings here soon. It's going to be even deeper than this. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I I hope everyone goes and reads it. I know it's been doing really well, like traffic wise. Arm keeps messaging me. He's like, dude, that thing was like an absolute tank. It's like, you know, it's, it's nice to hear that my work's appreciated. So yeah, um, go check out the article. And I've been listening to every single podcast that's been dropped. I actually listened to today's one in my in my morning routine and everything. So yeah, definitely go listen to the listen to this when it comes out. So sweet, man. We really appreciate you coming on. We're definitely going to have you back on uh, throughout the season, talking prospects and dynasty and, and just kind of the goings on there. So appreciate you coming on, man. We'll, we'll talk to you later. Thank you everybody for listening. Adios.